episode 29 of Gathering Strength. Bam, 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 bam. DJ Khalid, of course, with me once again, hit him with another one. Before I get into today's subject, a little anecdote about an experience that I had at Disney. So we were at Disneyland last week. And beautiful weather. There's been tons of rain. So California is going through something that is called a super bloom. That means all these flowers, all of these buds, all of these plants, flowers galore. Super bloom. Hashtag super bloom. And now Disneyland, obviously, there's no wildflowers there. Well, there is some some hillsides and landscapes in which some California poppies were sprouting up, and those were wonderful to look at. Some of my favorite flowers that I noticed at Disneyland, in which case they were growing humongously, were snapdragons. Snapdragons look like a flower that you wish they were edible. And I was tempted to cut one off and eat it myself. But I refrained from that, and remain status quo. So here I am acknowledging those flowers, those roses, and there was a handful of bushes that had some roses growing on them. And I'm admiring them. There's a variety of roses and they're all in different stages of their bloom. And I come to look at this this particular rose. It was a big full bloom but you can tell that it was past its prime. It was it was on its way out. I'm not sure if you have seen a rose or can recall what a an older rose looks like on its final days. And I couldn't help think that that rose reminded me of an old lady's vagina. Now on to today's Subject, what am I going to be talking about? And am I going to be talking about how long it takes for the light to reach Earth after it explodes from the sun? No. Quick fun fact, it takes eight seconds. Am I going to be talking about the world record hot dog eating champion Kobayashi? No. Am I going to be talking about how... The longest river in the world is denial. No. What I'm going to be talking about today is... I'm going to be talking about none other than Bruce Lee. Round of applause. Bam, 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 bam. Now, Bruce Lee had a particular quote that when I read it resonated with me. I, I dissected it. I consumed it, I ingested it, and I thought about it for a little while, and I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah, Bruce Lee. He took his hammer and nail, and he whacked it, and he hit the head of the nail with the hammer on the head. So, before I get to his quote, a Bruce Lee joke. What is Bruce Lee's favorite drink? Water! Get it? Water? Wata? Jeez. Tough crowd. Anyway, so... Bruce Lee's quote that resonated with moi... Is this. 
Well, it's not going to be verbatim, because this is just off the top of my head. And I, currently, I have two hands occupied. One hand is holding my phone, and I'm going to leave to your, your imagination what the other hand is holding. So, the quote is, Do not give your children the things that you were never given in your youth. Rather, teach them the lessons that you were never taught. Because material possessions wither away, but knowledge lasts forever. Let's give give a nice DJ horn for that. Bam, 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 bam. That is a very insightful, philosophic quote. Wisdom stonks. That is a sentiment that I have heard before, hearing through casual conversation, some of these parents. You know, I didn't have this when I was a kid. I didn't have that when I was a kid. I didn't have these experiences when I was a kid. And I want to make sure my kid has a better life or more than what I had when I was growing up. And that's that's noble. That's nice. But how about teaching them the things that you were never taught? That's way better. One, one thing that I didn't really learn when I grew up, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, maybe the lessons were over my head, but I was never taught how to deal with stress. And now that I, as a functioning, evolved adult, understand what stress is, you know what, there was a, a time in my life when I didn't even understand the meaning of stress. I just thought there was just anger and frustration. But little did I know that stress is real. Stress is the silent killer. Stress is responsible for all types of sicknesses, ailments, psychological disorders. The inability to handle our stress in a manner that promotes healing. Constancy. Interruption. Technical difficulties, everybody. Being interrupted by phone calls, rogue apps. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but... Hey, I'm going to Vierizikwiriundo, and the name of this podcast is Gather Strength As I Go. So, where was I? Oh yeah, talking about stress and the inability to cope with it in a healthful manner. Now, stress is an inevitability inevitability stress is inevitable stress is a tax on life and that's just the price you pay for existing things are not going to go your way the world does not revolve around you people are not going to do what you expect them to do things are going to break shit is going to happen and all of that stress is going to accumulate and it can accumulate all the way to suicide to where you're jumping off a damn bridge and if it doesn't take you to that dark place hey you can be just numbing yourself never fulfilling your potential never doing anything to make yourself stronger always just sweeping things under the rug just getting stepped on and ultimately 
just remaining a lesser person because you never faced your fears. You never did anything to help yourself. You never did anything that promoted strength or growing. And you just kept doing the same old, same old status quo. So that was something that I've never learned how to properly deal with until I was older. And as I was leaving for work today, I had to stop and get gas. And I saw this 30-year-old-ish guy. He was walking out of the store with a big old 24-pack of, of Modelo. And he was he was overweight, obviously. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that was something that my culture, my friends, my peers, the people who I looked up to, that was what society s- sells you on on participating in. Long day at work. Let's go home and have a beer and relax. Right? Let's relax and have a beer. That message has been sold and people believe it and they buy it up. You want to relax? Go buy a Corona. Hard day at work? Hey, let's suck back a couple Modellos. But I've grown to know better that the way a grown man relaxes after a hard day's work it's not with alcohol the way that you handle those daily work stresses is by going home and stretching and exercising eating a good meal doing something creative going home and having a beer when you're out of shape when you're obviously haven't done a workout in a very long time, that is just adding on to your stresses. Little man, little did I know that. I was digging my own grave deeper by com- by going home and buying into the fact that, or buying into the belief that the alcohol industry has been able to fool everybody by believing that, hey, The way to deal with your stress and relax after a work or celebrate is by consuming alcohol. But I know that to be false. The way that a grown, evolved adult comes home and relaxes and deals with their stress is, as I've mentioned, by stretching, exercising, doing some cardio. Sure, that might be a little bit tougher, but you end up stronger and that beer, it's, it's easier. And it, it, I don't know, it might taste better. But you absolutely are going to end up further down the path of weakness. And we do it to ourselves. There's always a choice. Ever since Adam bit that damn apple, free will has been always always on our choice. No one can make us do anything that we don't want to. There's certain beliefs and characteristics that that we all buy into. And it takes a level of maturity, a level of experiencing what works and what doesn't work to figure these things out. Now back to Bruce Lee's quote. Teach your kids the things that you were never taught. What I'm trying to teach 
my kid, my kids, is a little bit of monkey see, monkey do. When I go home from work, they're going to see me stretching. They're going to see me exercising. They're going to see me working out. They're going to see me running. Because I know that that works. And what they're not going to see me doing is coming home and needlessly cracking open a beer because that's how I cope with stress. Uh-uh. You know what? They they used to. My son used to see me do that. But my daughter, nope, she's not going to see me do that. That's not what I do. That's not what I have learned. That's not what I have only learned from my own walk and from my experiences on this earth, but through casual conversations with people who do things like that and people who don't do things like that. And I I can contrast the obvious identifying factors that differentiate the people who partake in either or of those of those two of those two practices. You don't want to be that guy. You want to go, you want to go home and get stronger. You don't want to go home and get weaker. Now the ability to properly handle stress, that's a big one. That is a very big one for me and that's something as I've mentioned before that I didn't realize was a problem. I thought you just be frustrated. I thought that is just a uh, a way that people exist in in anger and frustration. Nope, that was just me. That's how I dealt with my with my stress. I just bottle that shit up, bottle bottle it up, bury it, never talk about it, and don't do anything that would help alleviate some of that stress. I have been working out for a shit. Uh, I'm going to round up and say two decades now. So I have always had that fundamental underlying uh, practice of exercise. And that has helped me tremendously. I can only imagine what I would look like or the type of person that I would be if I didn't do any of those workouts. If I went home after work and just drank hella beer. Like that guy who I just saw leaving the gas station, he's about to go home and potentially drink a 24-pack. Like, man, I know the sun is out shining and you had a, you potentially had a bad day, but let's do something that's going to get us stronger so that we can bear the brunt of that work day. Let's go and learn some coping mechanisms so that maybe the frustration that we feel on the things that are out of our control, that's on our own doing. Maybe the stress isn't the job, the stress isn't the supervisor. Hey, maybe the, we, we need to, rather than buy, buy that 24-pack of Modelo, we need to buy a mirror and look into it. Man, Michael Jackson said, you want to change the world? Start with the man in the mirror. And R. Kelly said, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bit of bump and grind. Can I get an amen? Now, when you find an avenue and an outlet to properly deal with your stress, 
those everyday stresses, when you find a way to deal with it in a proper way, you get stronger. Facts. And when you don't deal with it, when you kick the can down the road, you get weaker. Facts. If life is too hard, hey, maybe it's time to look at your life and cut out the superfluous, the things that are unnecessary. If things are beginning to make you feel like you're being spread too thin, yeah, start start cutting back. Start saying no. Start getting rid of things. Start saying no. And f- once again, focus on the things that bring the highest value to you. If you can properly deal with your stress, that's a golden ticket to a happy life. Because you're going to be like water off of a duck's back. Just, man, life, that life's problems are just going to roll right off of you. You're going to be imperturbable. You're going to be unfuckwittable. Because you have the coping mechanisms to not only deal with the stress... But also properly self-soothe. Yeah, like a little baby that cries and throws tantrums. You give it a little bottle. But if you continue that, hey, that baby inside you, your your inner child, is always going to throw tantrums. And if you always give in and don't grow up, then hey, you are Peter Pan. You are like Peter Pan and you are king of the lost boys. And whether it is, you know, going home and drinking a beer instead of doing a workout or going home and eating copious amounts of sweets, it's like, hey, man, you're an adult. Are you a a child where you need sweets? Food is fuel, man. Come on. Food is medicine. And you're going to just eat sweets. Like a child. Hey, once again, Peter Pan. You can hang out with Peter Pan in Neverland and be a lost boy. For us men, we go home and we handle, we handle our business. We set ourselves up so that we can incrementally, day by day, become a little bit stronger. A little bit more resilient. A little bit more of let's go. And uh, at the end of the day, a lot more of fuck yeah. That's the ener- That's the type of energy and mindset that I wish more people had. Because I love the amount of energy and resilience that I have. Uh, man, you know what? Shit's going to happen. I have an episode that is called... A storm is coming. And guess what? There is a storm on the horizon. And if all of these little daily stresses, if you're not dealing with them, when that storm does come, sheesh, when that big bad wolf is blowing down your home, you're going to wish you took a little bit more time to construct your house out of something more sturdy than straw. And be like that third little piggy constructing it out of brick. Can I get an amen? The choice is time to prepare for life's inevitable storms or when the seas calm and winds favorable.
write that down. That's that's one of my philosophical quotes. I know it's no Bruce Lee quote, but man, Bruce Lee, what a guy. He was one of the first or perhaps the first Chinese guy, Oriental guy. I don't know where he where he came from, but he was that guy who put martial arts on the big golden screen. And when I think of Bruce Lee, I think of him standing in his China flats with his black karate pants on, six pack, all sweaty, all, all, and, and that scratch r- right across his chest. Wow! How many of us, when we were kids, saw a Bruce Lee movie and then thought we just knew how to do one of those flying kicks? I know I did. I even had the China Flats. Got them from the San Jose flea market when I used to live out there in Newark. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. Now, when you are not dealing properly with those everyday stresses and they accumulate into aches and pains and weaknesses, and that perpetual cycle of swirling down the toilet is catching up with you, it is a fact you will end up in a darker place, weaker. And the problems that you that you could have dealt with when you were stronger, they don't just sit there, nope, nope. According to Jordan Peterson, the Harvard psychologist, he says that when you don't face your problems, they rarely sit in stasis. Nope, they grow like a hydra, like a cancer. They spread into other aspects of your life. Can I get an amen on that? Because, hey, I, I have experience with that. That little problem festered. That little problem grew. And it got bigger. And yep, it spread into other aspects of my life. And now, I'm in a self-created hell because I didn't deal with a bunch of these little problems. And now because I didn't deal with those problems when I was stronger, I am now weaker, and now my problems are bigger. Now, man, what a shitstorm. What a shitstorm. And that is, that's not what men do. That's not how we handle our problems. Whether or not you feel that you have problems, that is besides the point. Hey, if you don't have any problems... You might be living in the fog. If you don't have any problems and you think that you got it together, hey, bravo. But maybe you're not looking deep enough. There's always something that can be fixed, that can be made a little bit better. There's always an aspect in our lives that can be more efficient, more optimized. And if you care not to learn anymore and... And voluntarily choose to not grow? I can't fox with you. Not one bit. Now, I'm sure that you know a lot. I'm I'm confident that you're very smart. That you have skills that have provided for you. That have given you the clothes on your back. You probably have been able to support a family. You have nice things. But think about how much you know, right? All right, it's a lot. We have established that. Now think about how much knowledge resides in the world. 
How much knowledge is in the universe? There is so much knowledge out there and so much insight, so many nuggets of wisdom that can change the trajectory of your life and for you to just sit how you are in your body with your finances, with your mindset, with all of your shortcomings and inadequacies. Yes, there's a level of acceptance and a level of being comfortable and grateful for who you are, but I believe there's also a moral obligation to continually strive to not only make yourself better, but when you make yourself better, you become a better leader. You prolong your longevity so that you can earn more money to help more people, to do more work. But you're just going to go home and go home after your work and drink beer for the next 20, 30 years? What does that look like? I'm not going to find out for myself. I will learn through other people's mistakes. I know that the easy things to do are not good for you. And I know that the hard things are the right things to do. It's hard to go home after a day's work, 11, 12 hour day, day work and commute home and go to the gym. That's hard, but it's worth it. And you know what? You get paid with dividends. You have to make the investment first and then you get the dividends later. When you go home and drink a beer, you get paid up front, but that bill's due. And there's always a bill. And it's always due. And maybe you will be the one to pay for it. Maybe your kids will be the one to pay for it. Because they're watching you. And they're soaking up your habits. I'm far from perfect. And I know that my kids soak up my habits. And that is why I'm on this path of trying to grow of trying to end these family curses, of trying to become a better person because if I can do my part while I'm on this earth... You know what? Check this out. A little statistic that I learned learned earlier. During intercourse, a male can ejaculate up to 40 million to 180 million sperms. Now, each one of those sperms, they're all different. Essentially, each one of those individual sperms can create one person. One completely different person. Now, how lucky am I that I'm here? And I'm just gonna... Man, I I, I won the lottery. My existence is a blessing, and I'm just going to be be like that, be, be an alcoholic, I'm just going to be a, a drug addict, I'm just going to be craving these donuts, I'm going to just exist. I feel that it, is, that it is everyone's duty to continue to push, to continue to hold up, to continue to have a strong back so that others can build off of you like 
we have built off the others who have come before us. I didn't pave these roads. I didn't create this infrastructure. No, all this stuff was created for me to thrive, for me to live on, for me to work with. This is all leverage. Now, I do my best to do my best. I am somewhat like the Apostle Paul from the Bible. He says that he does the things he knows that he shouldn't do and doesn't do the things that he knows that he should do. (sighs) Man, why is life got to be so difficult and challenging? Why can't we just be? I suppose if if we were just to be, we would create our own chaos because that man, that's just the human condition. They have done studies with with uh, rats, and they study rats because they're mammals, and they're I guess their brains are similar to humans. Like uh, they're like I don't know, ninety-five to ninety-eight uh, percent, just like a, a humans. So these scientists. They did a study with a bunch of rats and essentially they created a paradise for these rats. They gave them everything that a rat could possibly want. They never had to forage for food. They never had to make their their own like little nests. They had everything. Everything was given to them. Food, shelter, water, sex, sweets. And what did the rats do? They were good for a little while. I think it was like three or four months. But after that, they all started fighting. <laughs> Crazy. You think... You think that... Like doing nothing and not doing work is good for you? And... You know, just being able to chill and relax... You think that that is part of the human condition? It is not. We are meant to do work. And not just dig ditching work. We're meant to do work on ourselves. That's the most important work. Everything else is a byproduct. Sure, there are some mad geniuses out there who are outliers and on the fringes. But that's not you and me. We're average Joes. There's this book that I read by Cal Newport, an interesting guy, uh, very much one of those uber achievers, just a brilliant guy, writes a bunch of books, look him up, Cal Newport. The book that I read that he wrote is called Deep Work, and once again, a much more brilliant mind, more than mine, did some research, studied a bunch of people and came back with a conclusion that all of his other smart friends peer-reviewed and then they all gave him the thumbs up like, hey, yes, this is accurate. They put it through the scientific method and they found that when humans are engaged in work, that that is when they are most happy. You think you want to just be laying down in a hammock all day just eating sandwiches, playing PlayStation, And getting a hand job every now and then, that only can bring so much satisfaction. At the end of that, they got to get into some work. 
Hey, you can go out and dig a ditch. You can go out and shovel shit in the zoo. But at some point, we have to create some goals. Financial goals, going out and earning some money. Spiritual goals, getting down our knees and praying. Physical goals, being able to do a certain number of push-ups or pull-ups or running. Being able to get so limber. Friendship goals, marriage goals. All these goals have to get met. And if all that we're doing is just going to work for 40, 50, 60 hours and then numbing ourselves after work, our financial goal is being met. That's great. But what's that old adage? Money doesn't buy happiness. And once again, the street philosopher, Notorious B.I.G. said, more money, more problems. But hey, how about cutting back on that overtime a little bit and investing some of that time and effort into your overall well-being? Can I get an amen? This book that I'm currently reading by Robin Sharma, he is a a mentor, a, a guru of such. But he does a lot of speaking to these big companies, Nike, Netflix, Apple. And he has people who he mentors, um, just the, the cream of the crop, the biggest of the biggest. And he has a quote in his book and he poses the question. He says something along the lines of, if we can't control what we put into our mouths, how can we control the, the the quality of work that we do. How can we be fully trusted with more when we can't even control the simple act of controlling what we eat? And I find that fascinating. I have the same the same mindset, the same belief system, and that is why I try to do the things that I do. Once again, I'm not perfect, and I frequently fall short. But regardless, I show up. I show up with those thoughts in, in my in my mind, and those push me forward. The Bible says, "When you were a child, you acted child childishly. But as a man, you need to grow up." Now, if you were to find some some new ways to deal with your stress, to acknowledge some of your stresses, to acknowledge some of the problems that persist in your life, and to acknowledge that they are holding you back. And if you were to pray for the strength to knock, seek, and find the problems, and then find the solutions, and then if you were to ask for the strength to set those things right, what would that look like? Do you think at the end of a week, a month, three months, a year, do you think you would be better off or the same or worse off? I'll put all my money that if you did the things that needed to be done diligently that you would be 
much better off. And it's not one of those things where it happens overnight. It takes time. Epictetus says that good things take time. Simply put, greatness cannot be rushed. And that is the potential that resides in all of us. Greatness, our own form of greatness, resides in every individual. Now, if we are just working and just drinking and just numbing and avoiding and neglecting, that's when we turn into old people. That's when we turn into an old working stiff. And we do not want to allow an old person to inhabit our body. It is a shame for our souls to die, but our bodies continue to live. So let's not allow our inner fire to be diminished. Let's not allow an old person to occupy our bodies while we're young. Otherwise, we're going to end up like that old wilted flower. Going to be looking like an old lady's vagina. So until we meet again, it's onward. Always onward.